We have a pharmacy in our brain that we can tap into at any point in time, okay? But you have to work for it. We don't need drugs and pills and booze and all that stuff. No, do great things and great things happen. Not just to your body, to your brain. And that's, that's it. This is for the others out there. The other ambitious people who want to play at a higher level in their life. It's time to get curious and get real. Join me, and together, let's find the others. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Find the Others podcast. I am your host, Joshua Church. Grateful to have you with us. New episodes are dropping every Wednesday and Sunday, so be sure to hit the subscribe button so that you can get the notification when a new episode comes out. And give me a follow on Instagram at Joshua Dean Church to catch different clips and highlights that I post. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, you find something that might be valuable, please be sure to share it with a friend who also might be into it so that together we can continue to grow our tribe of others. Today, I am pumped to bring you a very passionate conversation with Tyler Forbes. Tyler is the creator of Breathe Degrees, and Breathe Degrees is a revolutionary wellness experience that integrates cutting-edge breath work, cold and hot immersion, music, and a powerful community of like-minded people to help you achieve optimal mind and body benefits. It's truly unlike anything you've experienced, unless you've experienced one of Tyler's classes, then you know what I'm talking about. Tyler's energy and passion for tapping into your full human potential is really unmatched. We had an awesome conversation about accessing the pharmacy of our brain, using stress to help us out, and how to build authentic relationships and community in today's world. If you're in San Diego, get your butt over to one of those classes and thank me later. They also have an online platform for on-demand breathing exercises, meditation, and yoga. To see what it's all about, you can visit them at breathedegrees.com forward slash free dash class to get access to a free class and demo. And if you decide to buy a membership, you can use the code FINDTHEOTHERS30, all one word, at checkout to get 30% off of your first month. The online membership also gets you 50% off in-person classes, so it's a no-brainer if you are into it. Give them a follow on Instagram at BreatheDegrees for amazing content and science backing all of these practices. I hope you get lit up and enjoy this conversation with Tyler Forbes. Have you heard about the physiological sigh? No. Tell me about it. Science on physiological sigh. Nature Cell are the two big science journals publications. Mm-hmm. Um, is it Vegas Nerve with the Audible or no? Vegas Nerve is, believe it or not, um, when they when people talk about Vegas Nerve, I think it's overrated in mm. terms of it being a real-time modality or tool that you can tap into immediately. Right. Vegas Nerve takes several minutes. And so uh. in order to stimulate the Vegas Nerve, it's going to take time. And so if you want some sort of measure of adaptability or toning your nervous system or reeling it down, dialing it down and when it's elevated to kind of get you into your place, it's uh, all the research is going towards this physiological sigh. So the physiological sigh is a double inhale 
exactly like we just did. Um, so you're, you're taking one big hit in, but then you're capping it with another big hit. So you're hyper loading the alveoli um, and then followed by an exhale. And really what you're doing is you're playing with your chemistry. So you're actually increasing the oxygen in your arterial system, uh, pulling out some of the CO2 and, and it's kind of recalibrating or resetting your mm. system. So it sounds like this. So that's kind of cool. So it's Very a real time cool. tool. And like, you know, I mean, you can use, um, you know, I don't know how many people actually require. I think you have to play with it. But between one and three resets you like. Resets almost, the nervous system? Resets your nervous system. Yeah. Which is like kind of hitting the reset button, right? For sure. And so it's going to, it's it slows things down. Yeah. And so, you know, if you look at, uh, you know, just so you know, the stuff, the breathing that we're doing here, mm -hmm. as you know, you've done it, right? Um it's we're stimulating your nervous system, pulling it up into excite and delight, right? Mm -hmm. Like that norepinephrine, rising the norepinephrine because that's where we want to be. Um, but you're, as you know, when you're getting to the ice, you're doing the exact opposite, right? right? You're slowing things down. Um, both of those are super, super, yeah. super valuable. And so if you real time breath that you can actually use during the course of your regular day, you breathe, you're breathing like that all day long. Got it. Interesting. If you cruise with that, dude, you're, I'm telling you, it's a freaking game changer. It's you're playing a different game. Totally different. When they talk about, um, you know, and this is true, and you probably heard me say this, um, when they talk about like professional athletes, yeah, like being in the zone or right. or slowing things down, like you know, Alex Honnold, um, what are they doing? They're toning their, they're playing with their nervous system, and so that's the only way they can stay really super calm under really intensive situations, right? And this is where greatness is made, is if you can tap into that and understand how you can control and regulate your nervous system, everything opens up for you. So do you view the work that we do when we're on the mat doing breath work? Is that is that practice for that? How do you see that? So what I see um, with the style of breath work that we coach you through mm -hmm. is this ability to, uh, to be, uh, there's a few different components to it, right? We're starting to understand through the science um, that, that the size of your lungs, the amount of air that you're able to breathe or take in is so much bigger than we think. And so the way that we are valuing this or really the, the, where we're going in this direction is people are going to come in to us for whatever reason they're going to come into us for, whether it's physical, whether it's neurochemical, emotional, um, and to be able to, in essence, we're starting to understand that the size of your rib cage, the size of your lungs, the ease of which in which you breathe is going to determine how you not only perceive, but how you achieve. Mm. So, so, and how you perform. And so, so we've overlooked our lungs, the rib cage, and all the muscles that surround your rib cage as this modality to be able to take you where you want to go. And so we see it, there's a few different things, and we've talked about this before, there's a few different trends in the health and wellness space, right? HIIT training. Right. right? HIIT training's a big one, right? Because you want to really, in essence, test your body, take it to the maximum level, because when you do, you push in, you lean in, you struggle. And in that struggle is where you get growth. That's where the juice is. That's where the magic That's is. That's where everything is, right? So you want to take yourself to this really, really, really difficult place because your body expands and grows with difficult, difficulty, right? When you, when you, when you face that adversity or things that are tough. Yeah. 
And so, um, so what we, what we're, what we're trying to do is really, so the hit training is a really big component, but we're starting to also understand that it's, everything's not just about strength. Mm. So flexibility now right. is, is in performance sports. I'm going to tell you long gone are the days where just everything is about lean and mean and big and strong. Cause we know that flexibility is a huge portion of really health and performance, mm -hmm. right? Um, by the way, that's physical and mental flexibility, right? So, uh, so we've got hit training, mm -hmm. we've got flexibility, right? Structural, uh, functional motion, and and then mindfulness and meditation. Those are three really big trends in healthcare, and what we're doing, or not healthcare, but health and wellness space. Um, uh, what we're doing with our breathing is we're trying to incorporate all those modalities. Gotcha. So, so what we visualize during our practice that when I take you guys through the breath work, um, it's this, it's this super ventilation mm -hmm. where you're taking this huge, 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 is the biggest lungs that you can possibly make. We now know that your lungs can hold between six and seven liters of air at their fullest capacity. That's the average person, right? Mm -hmm. But most of us, um, during the course of our lives, we breathe to survive. We don't breathe to thrive. And so realizing and understanding that and doing that repetitively is like a hit training for your respiratory system. The inner size, as you call it. Inner size. So yeah. everything, everyone focuses on this whole deal with exercise and we're dealing with the structures that really support, stabilize and allow everything on the outside to work perfectly, as well as your brain, by the way. Right. So it's respiratory system is the crux of everything. Oxygen, we know how incredibly important it is and it pertains and relates to your cardiovascular system, but also neurochemically, like what, what your brain is doing, how you breathe determines how you feel emotionally. And so if we learn and understand how to breathe, then, then everything opens up for us. Mm -hmm. And that's just the way things are. It's just a simple fact. And the cool part about everything that's happening is it's not just a philosophy anymore. It's not esoteric. It's not just this belief system. Now we're starting to understand and see the research that's coming out on breathing and what it can do for you. And it's, it's overwhelming. So we don't even know where to go because we just got so many different channels in which we're, we're sort of tapping into. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's really cool. The average person, just so you know, we need breathing now more than ever because we don't do anything. Right. We're lazy, man. Right. We sit on, we sit in front of computers all freaking laptop day long. Laptop apnea. Total laptop apnea. That's what I'm, it's a, it's a Can you imagine yeah. that this is a thing? This is a thing. Like yep. I want you to visualize like we're at a place where we're forgetting to breathe. Yep. And, and the reason why is because we have everything done for us from a technology standpoint. When you think about that, like, listen, bird scooters, the fact that they even exist is freaking insanity. Okay. Like I can't walk down the street anymore. I was just, I was just down at the beach, uh, last week, uh, surfing and I'm looking and it was low tide and I'm out there and I'm watching all these people drive by on, on bikes, uh, which is beautiful. I mean, how great is that to be able to ride down the beach, right? But everyone's cruising, man. I'm going out. On the electric bikes. Electric bikes. Yeah. And no one pedals anymore. <laughs> it's like, okay, I get it. It's fun, but it's yeah. like a moped, man. And so we now are at the place where technology is in existence, where everything that's difficult, okay, um, we're getting rid of it. Optimizing. Yes. Yeah. It reminds me of Wally. I, exactly. I three kids, that's what right? I, was thinking. I mean, for yep. crying out loud. And it's true. I remember seeing that 10 years ago with my kids and I'm going, damn, that's what people are really like now. I'm like, this is like a, a social statement, yep. right? And they, it was a beautiful message because it's totally true. And we have gone, we have superseded that all day long. Skateboards now. There's no pushing anymore. You just ride the skateboard. I mean, when you have to do things, 
when you are forced to actually physically, um, you know, walk, run, uh, farm work, any, I want you to think about where we came from. Mm. We were designed for motion. We're designed for tough things. Do tough things. Tough things make you better, stronger, healthier, happier, and just more connected with yourself. Yeah. You know? And so so we've lost this. And what we're starting to understand is, is really that your breath is the thing that gets you there. Mm. See, when you have to do something, you have to breathe more. And when you do something even more significant than that, you have to breathe even more. And have you noticed the bigger the task, the better you feel? It's it's the it's better simple. you sleep, the better everything, you everything follows everything. That. If you sit in front of the if you sit in front of the TV all day and watch three football games, start off at eight thirty in the morning and crush it until five. I'm going to tell you, you're totally in that parasympathetic rest and relaxed state, but you feel like shit, man. Yep, that stagnation kicks on. I I, I want to ask you because this is something that I see. What do you think our our relationship? How do you think our relationship with stress dictates this? Because I see a lot of people that are like avoid stress. I don't want stress, Love right? It. Love it. Um, yeah, I mean, we've been we've been conditioned into thinking that stress is horrible. And I'm going to tell you, listen, no one likes the feeling, the sensation of feeling overwhelmed. But but is that really stress? Like, I want to ask you, is it actual stress? See, my definition of stress stress is no food, mm. no water, no safety, no shelter. Okay, you're in the abyss of nowhere land. Okay. That is stress when your family's in jeopardy, okay? See, we have gotten to the place where we don't even understand our relationship with stress anymore, okay? And so the stress that we, we mistakenly think that all of these little things, whether it be COVID, whether it be politics, whether it be mortgage payments, whether it be job, whether it be whatever it is that, that, that you're carrying along in your brain, I always use this, um, I always say something called the zebra effect. So the zebra is an animal. It's on the Serengeti. We watch National Geographic, right? You see the zebra um, uh, sitting, uh, lapping up grass on the plains of the Serengeti. Sun beating down on its back, tails kind of wagging, swatting the flies. All of a sudden, a lion jumps on its back, okay? Lion jumps on the back. Zebra goes absolutely berserk, Okay. Uh, if there's only one line, it's a bigger animal, zebra, so it's going to buck the line off, right? Lion goes dejected, runs off in the bush. Zebra takes off like a bat out of hell and eventually stops. And what does it do? Yes. Shakes. Shakes. That's where we got the term shake it off. Mm. You see it kind of do this little gyration thing, right? And it's shaking out the stress, that elevated, really high level of norepinephrine. What does it do then? Goes back to what it was doing. Goes back to eating grass. Yep. Short-term memory. We were designed for really intensive periods of stress that were short-lived and dropped down. Now we have this resonant sort of moderate grade of stress all the time, whether it's social media, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the simple fact that we're in front of computers, all, we're always, always turned on. We never have downtime. Mm. Our brains, our prefrontal cortexes get overwrought with thoughts of yesterday and stressors of stimulation. Tomorrow hyper-stimulation, yeah. news, we're always constantly being sold something every single day. So I'm here to tell you that stress is the only thing that makes you happy outside of people. Hmm. Okay. And when I say stress, again, it's not that feeling of being overwhelmed. Stress is anything where you're doing something. If you're laying on the couch, there's very little stress, unless your team's losing, right? Okay. <laughs> the reality is, but when you get up and you go for a walk around the block, okay, it's, it's a form of stress. Right. 
And when you have that, you have to breathe a little bit more. Now, if you, if you, instead of going for a walk around the block, you go climb up a mountain, that's stress. Lifting weights, biking, swimming, surfing, everything is stress, but it's good stress. It's hormesis, it's hormetic stress. And we have to really resonate with the fact that stress is this incredibly important thing that, that actually allows us to achieve and fall forward. It allows us to push forward, test ourselves, and when we do, we become happier. We become healthier. We become stronger, more connected with ourselves. And when we do it with people, we become more, we become really, in essence, more connected with people. This is why we like to do group activities. That's right. And interestingly enough, we like to suffer together. The people that you're closest to, I want you to think back on it. I don't care if it's school, football team, if you're in the military, um, anything that you go through, it galvanizes people. That stress makes you feel connected to the other person. Yep. As long as you get through the other side, because you guys push through it together as a group. Mm. And that is, I, I, I can't even tell you how incredibly important that is. That's life. That's, that's, life. that's life. And listen, everyone's <laughs> talking about, oh man, when I get there, oh, when I get there, I'm going to have something to fall back on. Okay, it's bullshit. See, it's not gonna make you happy. All the money in the world is not gonna make you happy. The house that you have, the car. No, the journey, and the journey is stressful because you can look back on it and say, I did that shit. Mm. And that is beautiful to be able to look back and see all the turmoil you went through and you came out the other side. Scars, scrapes, calluses, and guess what? You persevered through it and you feel more secure with yourself because you did. This is the reason why trust fund babies are not very in good places, okay? Because they didn't really have to do anything. Right. Okay, they fell back on all their parents' glory and wealth. And so it's better to come from nothing and become something than be something, right? And then and then just sort of, sort of go into this nether of nothingness. Mm. So true. I love that. When I was in Iceland doing the Wim Hof um, expedition and we were, you know, shirtless climbing up and in real fight or flight mode, like body going like, okay, you're, this is stress. And I remember when I came back down, my definition of stress changed forever because it was like, oh, that was real stress on my body. My email, when I'm looking at my computer, this is just a mental game, right? For sure. And that was something that really shifted my perception of that. Is, is this something that you aim to teach through the classes that you're doing, that idea of, it's almost kind of like rebranding stress in a way that you kind of have to, to share? Is, that, is, that, is this a thread that you're pulling on? For sure. Listen, um, we are sort of on this precipice of understanding how to tap into our own potential, right? Using our bodies, understanding how our bodies work, how they perceive stress, and by stressing your body with good stress allows you to understand how to, how to deal with all of the stress that you visualize to be bad for you. And so when we talk about this prefrontal cortex, the cognitive center, it's what makes us humans, right? It makes us dominate the world and, and it's, it's an incredible functionality of our brain. Uh, the neocortex is unbelievable in its capacity, but if you have, it, it's like a garbage can. If you fill it up with garbage, Okay. And you don't take out the garbage. It starts to stink. And so, so stress, anxiety, okay. PTSD, depression, it lives in our prefrontal cortexes. It's these, uh, neural pathways that, that we create and they're reinforced by constant negative reinforcement. And we need to take out the garbage and how we do that. The only way we know how to do that, as we talked about this physiological sigh is by breathing. 
And I believe, honestly, that this is the reason why exercise is healthy for you. This is the reason why we go out and actively achieve or try to try to uh, push ourselves into exercise. By the way, exercise is stress. Do you think your body recognizes the difference between you going for a 15-mile run and running away from a lion? Like, do you think it goes, oh, well, I'm just... No, that your brain's telling it's okay, but your body's feeling the same thing. So all of those neurochemistries, when we talk about endorphin rushes, okay, all of this is an elevation of neurotropic factors, including noradrenaline, um, that, that really elevate your nervous system and recreate that stressful place. You're just not going into fight, flight, fright. Right. Right. Because you're controlling with your brain. And so I believe it's going to be super important. Our message, our meaning, um, our purpose, our mission in terms of what we're doing is to get people to get in touch with their bodies, with their minds and connect the brain and the body together. They're not two separate entities. They are as one. In fact, Dr. Huberman from Stanford Labs, uh, he's at the University of Stanford uh, School of Medicine, uh, recently came out and called the diaphragm an organ. Not a muscle, an organ. It's the only organ that's made out of skeletal tissue, which means it's meant to be contracted. Okay? Your diaphragm is an organ that connects your brain to your body neurologically. Now, he's a neuroscientist. Okay, so when they say scientists say stuff, they don't just flatulate. They don't just throw it out there with, with, this, with this broad sort of hypothesis. Like he's virtually saying your breath is the segue to, to connecting, in essence, your brain to your body and your lungs communicate with your brain. How you breathe is going to determine how your brain perceives whatever situation it's in. This is now Alex Honnold. This now is Tom Brady. Anyone who achieves greatness, Navy SEALs, whomever it is that you visualize as being superhero, they're not superhero. They've understood how to control their breathing under really intensive times. Their, their lungs are breathing nice and slow, full deep breaths, long exhales. And now the brain becomes calm, calm because in essence, the brain's going, well, I'm not panicking here. So why, why would I be freaking out? So they're able to slow it down. Super simple. And, and listen, when I speak about this stuff, it's not hyper complicated. We just overlooked it as an, a modality because we lean on things um, based on conventional scientific research. And guess what? I think science is fantastic. I love it. I hang my hat on it every single day. The problem with science is we have to really realize that it's immature it's, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it, we haven't been really doing heavy duty scientific research for any more than what, 150 right. years. Not more than that. Okay. Everything else. I mean, there's some outliers, you know, uh, you know, in our past, in the past history, Galileo and all these incredible minds, but, but science is very new. Okay. We have to tap into what actually makes us us and be able to overcome all the things that ail us. And most of it is internally. If we control our breath, our respiratory system, we're able to control our nervous system, tone it, shape it, reformat it, get used to stress, get figure out how to dial it down. Um, also our cardiovascular system and, and really tap into these channels that when portals that we have within our body to allow us to all achieve greatness. Because when you see someone doing something great, it's not because they had, they're special. Genetically, they're almost exactly like you and me, okay? They just figured out how to use what they have and it's not complicated.
Man, I love that. Cool. Where where did you how did you stumble into this world? Loaded question. Let's, loaded question. Loaded question. How did you stumble into um, this world? You know, if someone would have told me uh, in uh, 10 years ago that I would have been uh, teaching, coaching, breath work and, and really thinking about how to really change the uh, the sort of concept of mindfulness and meditation through breath work, I would have said you're out of your mind. Because 10 years ago, I would have thought about, I would have heard breath work and I would have seen somebody wearing a white cloak with chimes mm -hmm. and, and, and doing uh, and saying things that would make me feel kind of awkward. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I'm, I, I guess I sort of uh, fell into this because I'm an endurance guy. Uh, I've been doing ultra marathon running for, uh, for 15 years and um, I'm, uh, I can go like the Energizer Bunny from a distance standpoint, I'm not super fast, but I will get into it. And I have a lot of friends that are really, really prolific, very good runners, and I run with them, uh, always have. Uh, they kick my ass from a speed standpoint, but I'll, I can always outlast them. Mm. Uh, when I'm running with them, I, I always used to hear my breath, and then I'd hear their breath, and I noticed they weren't breathing. And so my breath was a little different. Um, and so... I sort of always made mention or notice of that. Uh, the thing that was super interesting for me is one point, I want you to know that I don't like running, just so you know. Interesting. So I'll do ultra marathons, but I swear I don't like running. Um, <laughs> what do you like, the stress? Uh, no, what I like is the fact that I can go into it um, feeling overwhelmed, feeling stressed, feeling tired, feeling sore, uh, not in a really good mood. I can start my run. I'm a trail runner guy only. I never run on pavement at mm -hmm. all. And after the first half mile, I'm there. Yeah. It was always been my meditation. I've never believed in the idea that meditation was just sitting in Lotus trying to think of nothing. I've always believed that that was, I would tell my wife 15 years ago, it's my meditation. Yep. My meditation. But what I'm now understanding is it's everybody's meditation. It is the reason why people run. It is the reason why people swim mm -hmm. or surf or, or ride bikes, do yoga. This is all meditation. It's dynamic meditation. We have to get over this idea that meditation is, is, is visualized as this. Meditation is anything that puts you here in the now present, connected, not, no thoughts of yesterday, no ruminating on, 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 on tomorrow just here. And, and so once I got into a half mile or mile into my run, I found my breath, this rhythmic, long, deep breath. And, and a couple things would happen. All the thoughts that I went in with were now gone. And now all of a sudden I had this enormous clarity. And the, the, the reason why I really started tapping into the breath is I wondered why I was so intelligent when I breathed or pardon me, when I ran. Like I, when I say intelligent, my intelligence meter didn't go up, but, but I, I would go into a, a run with the week of problems because, you know, I got a big office, a lot of staff, a lot of other doctors, a lot of patients. I got three kids, you know, just, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. So you're constantly problem solving. And I would never be able to find solutions to these, these, these problems, right? If I just tried to think about how I could find my way out, I'd go for a run and it would pop up to me. Hmm. And I, it, during every single run, I bring my phone. Never listen to music. I bring my phone though. And the reason why is because I, I take notes. So I'll literally stop and I'll be like, oh yeah, that's uh, perfect. And so I would get, it was almost like divinity. Hmm. I would get this incredible clarity. And so, so I, would, I would be calling people in the middle of my run going, okay, we got it. I, I solved the problem, right? 
It's a beautiful thing. And so that really, in essence, uh, I came to understand was exercise-induced hypofrontality. You connected your breath to that. I realized, I wondered why I was getting this absolute clarity and finding answers in a sea of, of thoughts that I wasn't able to sort of collate together, right? Um, and then, yes, I said, okay, well, it's got to be the breathing. I was thinking it was, I was thinking, okay, well, I'm breathing really, really assertively here, like I don't do during the day. And so it must be hyper oxygenation of my brain. Mm. I must be lighting up certain centers. But what I'm now starting to understand is really what it was, is um, this exercise induced hypofrontality is a condition in which um, when you see this long standing pattern of rhythmic breathing, what it doesn't matter what kind of athlete, if it's long standing and it's rhythmic, um, what you end up seeing is the prefrontal cortex. You can see it actually go Power dark. down, right? Exactly. So the neural connections, the neural conductivity actually reduces. So you see it go dark and other areas of your brain light up. So what I was doing is making space, getting rid of all the other stuff and allowing myself to focus only in on a couple different questions. So it wasn't, it wasn't cluttered, right? It wasn't mm. 90 people yelling all at one time. It was really three or four different things that were going on in my brain. And so now all of a sudden I was able to, to push my way through all that other stuff, get rid of all the trash and just focus on what I wanted to focus in on. And give your other parts of your brain a chance to light up and communicate. I, I, do you think that this is why sometimes people experience, and I've experienced the first time I did this breath work, like sure. psychedelic experiences. Yeah. Because, it, it, I mean, literally feeling like you are tripping out. For sure. Is it, is it related to that? What is a prefrontal? Prefrontal cortex. The prefrontal yes. cortex. It's, it's 100% related to that. Mm. So what we're, what we're now understanding is, is, is this prefrontal cortex, this is mindfulness and meditation. So again, mindfulness and meditation is anything that gets you out of ah, that cognitive that's brilliant. center. That's brilliant. Anything that reduces the neural conductivity in that portion of your brain, it really, it slows everything down. It quiets down the brain. And now all of a sudden you have clarity of thought. That, that's how you define mindfulness. Meditation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Mindfulness for me is, is really just decluttering. It's cleaning out your garage. Love that. It's allowing you to be able to see what you got. It's, 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 it's not thinking about these, these, these situations that happened 20 years ago or, or five years from now. You're not thinking about those things. You're only thinking about what's in your garage, not your future garages or your past garages. <laughs> so it's allowing you to tap into what's most important. And so I believe um, this is, in essence, swimmer's high runner's high, right. yoga high, anything that gets people clarity. out of clarity. That's what you feel. That's what it is. And, and what is meditation and mindfulness? It's clarity. Mm. It's clarity where you don't really, you're decluttering. And so that's a beautiful thing. And that's what we all need. What we now understand is, is really our brains, uh, they don't need to go to sleep. Okay, of course we need sleep, right? For rejuvenation and recovery. But what we just need is we need to give our brains a little nap. And, and again, this is why I can tell you this is a fact. Um, exercise. I love exercise. It's fantastic. I don't love it, but I, I like the feeling after. Because here's the thing. Tell me if I'm wrong. You're a triathlete guy, right? Yep. Have you ever did a run before where you actually, um, you went in feeling uh, great, feeling fantastic, uh, feeling like just this enormous joy, and then come out the other side feeling like you were pissed off that you did it? Mm. It's never happening, right? Because you always feel better consistently. And in fact, it's not just your body that feels better. It's your mind that feels better. And that's what keeps everyone engaged in exercise. 
I, I know that people do it for six pack abs and I know they want their glutes and their quads and they want to beautify themselves externally. But I'm telling you what keeps people engaged with exercise is what happens in the brain, how they actually feel. It's a stress reduction, even though you're using a stressor to reduce your stress which is kind of cool. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. So you're, you're coming to these realizations. You're, this is about 10 years ago, you'd yeah. say? Uh, no, this was, this was about six, six to seven years, six ago. to seven years ago. Yeah. And then at what point do you realize I need to make this my path and I need to share this with everybody? So the, I came home and I, I automatically, you know, again, from this run that I went on, uh, multiple runs, obviously, but, but one specific run where I realized it was the breathing um, I, I went home and I said, okay, I'm going to start a meditation mindfulness practice because this feels, I want to reproduce this when I come home at nine o'clock and I don't want to go for a run. Right. Right. I'm busy with my, uh, my office the entire day from nine o'clock in the morning till 9am, no breaks, just patience, patience, patience. I want to be able to come home, uh, eat food, take a shower, go to sleep. Okay. But what I would do is I would come home, eat food, sit there and watch man soap operas. Gold Rush, Deadliest Catch, these ridiculous shows on TV, like colossal waste of time. Because what I was doing is, is, is for all intents and purposes, I was debriving right. my brain, um, watching absolute trash, okay? Um, uh, just to calm my nervous system down. I said, I don't want to spend two hours doing that. So I want to do a meditation mindfulness practice. So I read about meditation. I started doing uh, a meditation practice and I, and, and I, the breathing uh, wasn't a major portion of it. And so I, I, all the reading I did, of course they said it, you have to breathe, but it wasn't like this intentional breathing. Um, so I said, God, like I want to find a breath, style of breath that actually emulates how it is that I'm running when I'm running. And so um, I actually looked it up and I found this wild character Wim Hof and I saw a YouTube video of him. It was early on. So he was actually um, doing uh, training Lewis Howes. Mm -hmm. um, Lewis Howes was sitting on the couch and Wim's like going, breathe in, letting go, deep in, letting go. Come on, you got this. Right. And so <laughs> that's a good Wim. I, bas I basically, I basically uh, said, well, shit, I can do that. And so I just, I turned it up and I did, I followed along with it. And, uh, I, after I did it, I looked up at the ceiling and I went, oh my God, like I've never really resonated. I'm a faith-based person or I'm a spiritual person, but I've never been faith-based. I've never really resonated with, um, uh, how incredible people like the Mormons are, Jehovah Witness or any, any faith-based person who goes door to door preaching, mm. right? Um, really uh, shepherding their faith. I, I, man, I'm, that's some pretty amazing stuff. Um, but after I did that, it was 11 o'clock at night. I phoned like three of my very closest friends and I said, dude, you got to do this breathing. Oh, you have no idea. They're going, are you out of your mind? And so that's how I came across women. So um, I went to a whim workshop uh, with this, my same three friends up in LA. I thought there was going to be 50 wing nuts there. Uh, we show up, there's 500 people. Uh, we're all breathing in this hangar. He puts on dark side of the moon and he starts taking us through. And like, uh, it was the most amazing experience for me because uh, what it is that we, what I saw is, you know, I sit down and again, we live in echo chambers, man. You know, I sit down on my on my mat that I bring by my friends and right beside me, there's this crazy Kung Fu guy. There's like all kinds of people from every different walk of life. There's you can appreciate there's probably corporate executives. There's yoga people. There's just all kinds of different people. And 
it's totally understandable. Uh, you know, these people are not people that I normally have total contact with, right? And, and so, uh, but it was really cool. It was an eclectic mix of people. And so we did the breathing. And what felt sort of weird initially, because we're, you know, you're with all these people that you don't know. Um, after we did the breathing, I get up and, uh, you know, I go up to women, I give them a big hug. I'm like, breathe, motherfucker. You know, I just, I was so fired up. I just felt this enormous sense of gratitude and, and, and just, uh, just an amazing sensation, amazing experience. I come back, I look at my friends. Uh, they're more corporate executive guys, kind of square in the box. Uh, two of them are crying. Okay, like it moved them so much where they had such an incredible release. They were just totally like sort of in this elated state. And this is just out after what, an hour of breathing? Yes, hour That's of breathing, it. yes. Laying down, you're not taking any drugs, you're just laying down and breathing. Man, I would have assumed they would have piped in yep. like something, but I swear to God, it was the most crazy sensation ever. And what really took me, uh, took me, uh, really moved me is seeing my friends who are not really emotional guys. They're very heavy hitter corporate executives like yep. VP and up um, that don't really show a lot of emotion and they're just sort of bleeding tears, man. Right. And so I, we, and the cool thing about that is the person, the crazy Kung Fu guy that was beside me where I was looking at him sideways a little bit at first, all of a sudden after the breathing, I'm having this like beautiful conversation with him. And I realized it dropped my ego and I'm not an ego guy, but like it allowed me to feel connected to him. Mm. And it was, we were all connected. And then we went from the breathing into the cold and everyone's nervously waiting in line to get into this ice bath. And, and you see these people go in together as a team and, and, and everyone's supporting each other. And it's this, it was this enormous sort of uh, neurochemical uh, sort of uplifting moment, like the suffering that I talked to you about, but it's not suffering. See, suffering is just perceptive. If you learn how to breathe, you can you can you can change how you feel. And so, in essence, the ice bath is this is this thing. If you, it's not about suffering through it. It's about accepting it. It's about surrendering. The cold is your teacher, man. The cold teaches you how to respond under pressure. This is what makes this modality so beautiful. I could talk about all the science benefits of cold and they're enormous. The list is it's not anti-inflammatory. The most powerful thing about the cold is it allows you to adapt and understand how to respond to environmental stuff that is significantly less powerful than that. So everything, uh, you know, everything is about hitting that high point, right? If you hit that high point, everything else below it is easy, right? That's right. And so you got to do hard things. If you do hard things, perceivably hard things that you did before are not hard anymore. Right, raises it's the like, bar. Exactly, it raises the bar, right? We're, we're thrown into that. And so what it's like running, right? You, you never run before running two miles is terrible, but if you keep running two miles and then you up it to five and you up it to 10, all of a sudden a marathon's not that hard. Right. And I find myself in freaking running hundred mile races. Right. And so, um, the truth is, is that's what the cold is. It resets your bar. It, and, and so now traffic is not a thing. Because if you're in the cold for any period of time, you learn to breathe and then you use that breathe to really create, again, the connection between your brain and your body. You get all the medicinal benefits, anti-inflammatory, cardiovascular. You get this incredible neuro neurochemical rise, norepinephrine 530% increase. Okay. Norepinephrine is, is associated with making, if it's controlled, it makes you happy. It makes you focused. It makes you vigilant. Okay. It allows you to be able to achieve dopamine 250%. Are you kidding me? Okay, at will, just like that, 
every single freaking time and it's reproducible. Like, come on, dude. Like, we have a pharmacy in our brain that we can tap into at any point in time, okay? It's, but you have to work for it. We don't need drugs and pills and booze and all that stuff. No, do great things and great things happen. Not just to your body, to your brain. And that's, that's it. But you have to do tough things. We have to realize that sitting on the couch doing nothing is going to do nothing. No greatness was ever achieved being warm and cozy. Get out of your comfort zone and grow. You are not a victim anymore. It's just a simple fact. We are in absolute control and we're told that we're victims. Every single freaking step of the way never ends. We're victims. No, we're not victims. Take control. Our goal in our business line and why we're building these studios is really in essence to give people the physical power to understand how to use their tools to build their inner size to connect not with their bodies not just with their bodies their brains but connect socially sorry connect socially so i get really passionate i love it keep it flowing man and for me you got to understand we are training people in our studios to in essence be community architects. Two things that make you happy, people and stress, okay? We wanna bring these people together, like-minded people that wanna be healthier, that wanna be happier, that wanna be stronger, that wanna be socially connected, okay? In a place, in a safe spot where they're doing stuff for their brain and their body and taking that that they get and employing it in their lives to achieve greatness and inspiring other people to do the same. It's a movement, man. We got to do this. It's our responsibility. Amen. Make sense? Make sense. Preaching, baby. Preach, baby. Don't get me going. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so it's so it's so cool to be part of this movement. And I mean, it was a couple of years ago when I came over and you know, you were beta testing this whole idea and there was, you know, we were in the shed over there and there was just like two or three people max. And uh, and now coming over on the weekends like you don't have enough space. People are on the wait list to come over here. I'm I'm just curious like what, so we got a studio on the way. Is that right? Yes. yes. So tell me a bit more about the vision. And and I want to dig in also to like how you've just like, the unique environment in which you've created this in your home and you've like you've opened up your home, you and your family have opened up your home to really provide this. And I think there's there's something so powerful about that. that This is like this guy is so passionate about this and he is that Jehovah's Witness guy in the most, in the best way possible. You know what I'm saying? In the absolute best way possible, opening up his doors and being like, come on and breathe, baby, let's breathe. So, so tell me a little bit more about the bigger vision in the studios. When we were coming back from that whim thing, uh, the whim event, um, what resonated with us the most, all of us that we talked about on the drive back was this idea of like how incredible we felt, not just during the breathing, not just after the cold, but how we felt connected to these 500 strangers that were totally different from where we were from. Uh, it was, it was, it was like we were thrown back into Woodstock or the sixties. It was trippy, man. And so we're going like, okay, so like, that was unbelievable. Like, what do we do next? Like, what do we do when we have to wait till Wim does another world tour to do this? Right. This sucks. It's like waiting for the Beatles to play, right? Uh, it's, it's so, so we're going like, how can we do this again? Okay, can we create our own little pod? I mean, yeah, but what made it cool is all the other people. And so we realized that it was a communal thing. Yep. 
right? It was a community thing. Like what made it so special is doing this with other people. We didn't think about, you know, houses and clothes and we got rid of our ego, stripped our, our brains of these ideas, these misconceptions and everyone is unified. So for us, um, that's where we brainchild this sort of idea or, or process because there's no place out there that you can do this on a regular basis. There's right. workshops, there's people doing stuff here and there, but when can you go on a consistent level, consistent time um, where you see your people you do this stuff it's incredibly healthy follow the science on it it is nuts lungs size of your lungs equals your longevity that's a crazy thing man okay? longevity of life Long longevity of life wow. framingham study massachusetts one of the biggest meta-analysis uh meta-analytic studies um uh cross-generational studies in the history of the united states all of the heart health stuff that we've that we've came into understanding whether it's LDLs, HDLs, you know, triglycerides, cholesterol, all comes from the Framingham study. They wanted it so bad to be part, uh, like longevity was as a result of cardiovascular stuff. What they found is total longevity was dependent on lung capacity. Wow! So the lower the lung capacity the shorter the lifespan. Well, you see that in the, the blue zones or you see that in the places where people are living. What are they doing in those parts of the world? What are they doing? They're active. They're, they're active. They're eating properly. There's a bunch of different things. Community, but yeah. guess what the biggest one is that was the outlier? What is it? Have you heard this one yet? Mm -mm. Okay. So, you know, they're in places you expect them to be. Parts of Japan. They're in Sicily or, yep. pardon me, Italy. They're, they're Spain. There's all these little towns, right? And so they all have really good diets and they all... And, and these, are, these are these are what, are blue zones? Blue zones, centurions. Are, and these are people, these are places oh, where... sorry. These are places where people live longer, report healthier, over, happier, just... The largest population of people over 100 years old. Got it, cool. So they're called centenarians. Centenarians, yeah. So, so in essence, so they've been studying, you got to understand research has really been super excited to actually figure out what the bond was. What right. was the connection point? What was the lever and the switch or the dial that allowed all these people to survive longer than a hundred years, right? And so, yes, it's diet. Yes, it's exercise. Those absolutely play a role. But the one that was the complete outlier that threw the entire sort of, uh, sort of research into into sort of uh, disarray was there's a blue zone in Loma Linda. Where's that? Never been? Mm -hmm. Ever been to Riverside? Yes. San Bernardino? Oh, no uh, way. Yeah. Do you like that place? <laughs> nope. It, don't take this the wrong way. If you live in Loma Linda or San Bernardino, Riverside, I'm not talking bad, but it's kind of a shithole. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. The reason why it is is because... It's it's very congested. It's like Los Angeles, but it's a eastern suburb of Los Angeles. They get all of the smog from LA, so the air quality sucks. There's more fast food joints there per per kilometer than probably almost any other place on the planet. Okay, so it'd be the furthest thing. It doesn't seem like right. uh, Sardinia. It doesn't seem like Hokkaido. Okay, what they found it was the highest concentration or one of the largest concentrations of Seventh-day Adventists, which is a religion. Mm -hmm. They're vegetarian, okay? More importantly, what they are is socially connected. Community. Community. They do everything together. I've got patients that are Seventh-day Adventists, and I'm going to tell you, there is not a day that goes by where they're not hanging out with their people mm. because they're very tightly woven people. So when they went back and they got that, they went, why the hell is it here? They went back and they said, oh my God. Social connection is the very fabric of 
how you are neurologically and how you are physically. It forces you to get out and do stuff and be social and active, right? And so we're starting to understand this social connectedness and real sociality. So social media, guys, I'm sorry. It's a total sham, okay? Yeah, you can have a thousand million friends, man. You don't even talk to one of them, okay? Interaction is so much more important than just a like it's a smile. It's a hug. You don't understand the chemistry that comes from that. You don't understand the connection, the validation, the, the fulfillment that comes from these things. And the shared suffering is that Absolutely. pinnacle of that. Yeah. And so we're starting to, we really, through science, is starting to understand really the nuts and bolts of what makes us, you know, again, happy and healthy. So we saw this social community and that was, that was the mainstay of really what it is. We wanted like-minded people that were in the same space to be able to do all these really healthy things, achieve stress, uh, build, adapt, grow, be more open, drop our egos, check your ego at the door. I don't care. And my vision was this, you do a breathing session. Okay. And you see this when you come over here, no one talks about what they do. We're not interested. We don't care. I don't care if you make $10 million. It means nothing to me. You're a person. I'm going to treat everyone exactly the same way. Okay. When you do the breathing, you're able to exfoliate or debride yourself of like your, your, you know, what you think you are. Okay. You feel yourself, which is great. It's an emotional thing to be able to tap into that. You feel a sense of sedate and calmness that comes over you. Clarity. You feel happy. And now all of a sudden you're more connected to the person beside you. Then you go suffer together in the cold and the suffering and, but calm suffering and everyone supports everyone else. Cause that's all in life. We want is support. We need to know that someone else believes in us, right? And when you have this group of people that are strangers that believe in you, all of a sudden you feel connected to them, right? And so you're doing this suffering and then you go celebrate in the hot, okay? And what I envisioned is a plumber sitting beside a CEO. Normally those two would never speak because the plumber's intimidated by the CEO and the CEO looks at him and they go, he's different than me. But they're not talking about what they do. They talk about their experience. They talk about what they felt. They talk about, you know, the colors they saw or the clarity they got or how much better it improved their sports or whatever it actually physically is. And then they find out that each one of them surfs. And now all of a sudden they're planning a surf trip. Okay, or they're going there. Hey, do you want to go surf tomorrow with me? Now they're friends. They're supposed to be friends. Right. Because they're like-minded people. Who cares what you do? We got to get rid of this shit, man. You know how many people, people are lonely. There's no reason there's people, how many people in California? 28 million people? Right. Are you freaking kidding me? How can you be lonely with 28 million people around you? Find your people. When you find your people, you'll find your happiness. You reduce stress and you do these things together. Simple as that. It's a beautiful story. And I'm telling you, this is really in essence why people belong to gyms. They go crossfitting. You're a triathlete. What made you actually want to do that? What made, because they were your people. Exactly. And yep. you suffered together. Yep. That's it. And then you celebrated after. This is a beautiful thing. And we need to have people understand that they need to be vulnerable in a good way. They need to be open and receptive. And if you are, then you're figuring out who your people are. And I'm going to tell you, I don't care how much money you make. Because you'll f if you find happiness within a group of people, it, the money, the cars, all that shit ain't going, it's not going to take you anywhere. What's going to take you somewhere is your group of people that make you happiness. It's gross national happiness. Love that. Cool. That's the, uh, that's the mission of this podcast. Find the others. That's it. It's finding those others, finding that tribe of people that are going to support you and, and ride that out. And they're next door. That's right. And they're across the street. Yep. And you just have yep. to be vulnerable enough to say, hey, man, how's it going? 
get and to mean know it. them and mean it. Yeah. Not just sort of like, hey, how you doing? Oh, great. No, you're right. not great. Right. Like say, oh, yeah, it was a tough day. Right. It's okay. Be vulnerable, man. Right. When you're vulnerable, I'm going to tell you, when I say vulnerable, keep in mind what vulnerable is. You. Mm -hmm. It Yourself. doesn't mean you have to be sappy or you're going to be crying and, you know, pontificating on, yes, you want to be able to share these things, but vulnerable is just accepting you for who you actually physically are. Mm -hmm. That's it. And that's a beautiful thing. Authenticity. Authenticity is everything, mm. right? Just being you. And we all have to understand if you're just you, people like you, man. People really like you. Mm. Okay. You're not who you think you are. You're not who other people think you are. We are what we think other people think we are. That's right. It's a perception within a perception. You have to find a safe space where you feel comfortable being you. And that's around people that are like you. Does that make sense? It makes all sense. You in the know world, you're brother. not going to be judged. That's it. Yourself. Yourself. Yeah. It's your pocket of friends. Why do you think there's entourages? Right. Why do you think those exist? Why do you think people that go to the NFL, NBA, and all these people, they bring their people along? Because they can trust them. Mm. Okay? We can trust a lot of people. We just have to be authentic with people. Yeah. If you're authentic with people, people will like you for your authenticity. Right. And they'll go to the moon for you. You don't have to buy them. Okay? They don't care about the shit you wear, the cars you drive. Okay, just be authentic. Yep. I saw the, you had a, the Marianne Williamson uh, Course in Miracles book on your coffee table there. I'm not sure who's reading that one, but the, um, I think the line might be from there. It might be from one of her other books around when you let your light shine and you're authentically yourself, you give others unconscious permission to do the same. There you go. So that's it. The most beautiful thing about vulnerability and authenticity is you're inviting other people into that space. Mm. You're basically saying it's okay. Come it's on okay in. to be you. Like, I am going to appreciate you for whatever you are. And so when you share something, okay, you, you, will, you will really encourage someone else to share something. And it's the sharing of those thoughts, who you actually are and how you feel, that allows you to peel back the brown skin of the onion and go deeper. Mm -hmm. See, this is why cold weather climates are, 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 are so much better in terms of uh, your Ohio, right? Yep. And so part of it, yes, was the university you went for and the band of peeps that you were with. But I'm going to tell you, cold weather brings people together because they're in a room together with one another. See, here, I always laugh because in Canada, I would phone my friend. I'd be like, what are you doing? Well, it's minus 25 degrees C out. I'm, I'm not doing anything. Uh, well, what are you doing? Nothing. Well, do you want to come over and do nothing together? And so guess what happens when you're in a room with someone by themselves? You figure out who each other are because there's nothing to do. See, in California, unfortunately, the weather is fantastic. I love it, man. It's terrific, but I do like the rain. I like the rain because I get nothingness, but uh, there's an opportunity to do nothingness without guilt, right? Um, but there's this other thing. Um, when, in, when you're in California, now I phone my friends and I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm going surfing. I'm going running. I'm going da 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 da. So you're playing alongside one another. So you're not interacting on a deep level. See, where you get to meet people where they're at and really truly figure out who people are is when you're in a room doing nothing together. Right. And that's. And even that's rare today because, dude, we're, we're <laughs> on our phones like this. Go right? look at restaurants, man. <laughs> yeah. I check yeah. out. I'm looking around and I'm looking at like, there's there's a couple of like five people or six people over there and, and they're waiting for the food. And I'm going like, I'm looking at them. Everyone's looking at their phone or taking pictures of their food. And I'm going, wait a second, man. Like, this is the social like fabric of who you are. And you're sitting there taking pictures of your food. What do you want to tell those people? What would you tell those people? Put the freaking, throw the phone. 
phone's out, man. Are you freaking out of your mind? Listen, cool part about my wife, uh, I didn't get a phone until like seven years ago, right? Because I, I, I realized back then, if I wasn't at my office or I wasn't at home, you're not able to get me. Right. I'm doing shit, right? I'm doing some cool shit, right? I love that. Not that there's cool shit not at home and work, but yeah. I'm doing cool stuff somewhere else that I don't want to be, you know, but then when I have kids and I have to pick up and do all this stuff. Um, but So when I first got the phone, it was like a kid. I'm going, oh God, I could call anyone at any time. So I'm sitting there and it only happened one time. I'm at lunch with her and I see someone's phoning and I pick it up and she looks at me and she just goes, you're freaking kidding me. And so since that time, I, I don't even bring my phone into the restaurant. If I go somewhere, you will not see me with my phone on the table. I do not give a shit. Okay. It's gone. It's out of sight. I'm not on social media. I don't do any of that crap. I automatically right from the get go. When I saw the Facebook, cause I was introduced to it when it was the Facebook, I said, I looked at it and I said, hell no, I'm not going to join that crap. That shit's going to make me feel insecure about my life. I'm going to think my life sucks. Cause I'm going to be looking at everyone else's fake life. Mm-hmm. Okay. Pretending or like pretending to be happy, but dude, there's no happiness in that. Mm-hmm. Have you ever put up a shitty picture of you yourself on social media? Ever? I know those people. My sister-in-law showed it to me. I know those people. There, I talked to the guy yesterday. He was going to get divorced from his wife. They're going through, and I look at their Facebook, and it's like they're having the greatest time in the world. Right. Put your phones down. Connect with people. Oxytocin, serotonin, all of these chemistries. This is when it happens. You don't want a little hit of dopamine that you get from a like. You want a massive hit of dopamine by connecting. A massive hit of uh, oxytocin. um, So giving your friend a hug or staring at them in their eyes. Listening, right? Listening. Listening, man. That's the true thing. And I know I don't sound like I'm listening, pontificating on this preacher shit that I'm we're, we're We're <laughs> listening to you and it's a treat to listen to you. Uh, Tyler, man, this, is, this has been awesome. We're coming up here on time. So I'd love to ask you if, someone, if, you're, if someone's listening to this and they're just like, I'm into this. This feels like it's striking a chord because I know that it's happening for a bunch of people right now. Where, what's the next step? What do, what do you encourage them to do? Well, listen, uh, there's many things you can do. Awareness of your breath obviously understand that it is it's not just me saying it it's not an idea it's a thought it's science like so this understanding that how you breathe determines how you feel it's how you perform it's how you perceive it's all of these things right um and so just that general awareness of slowing things down breathing slowly with long exhales during the course of your day email apnea get rid of it Focus on your breath. When you see yourself uh, tethering into this place of, of, of stress or feeling overwhelmed, slow your breath down, long, deep, long, super long exhale, and you'll find calmness, right? Um, uh, understanding how to use your, use your breath from a f- performance standpoint, um, that's a super important thing. Uh, listen, this idea of stress, if I can get across to anyone, leaning into life, okay, yep. falling forward, achieving, really doing things that are out of your comfort zone to get comfortable with other things that are great um, uh, is, is a super important uh, big talking point for me. And listen, you know, we're, we're trying to create a community. We're trying to find people like us that we can all come together and do this, these kinds of things. 
And so if you guys have any questions or you have any, uh, you have any, uh, you want to look at research, go on our Instagram. Uh, I don't have a personal Instagram, but you can go on Breathe Degrees Instagram. Uh, you can check out all the science and research. We do have a digital platform. Uh, I think I told you about yep. um, where if you, if you're out of state or you're, you can't make it to one of the classes that we have here in Solana beach so far, um, then, then we have a digital platform where we have a, a wide array of different breathwork sessions with really cool music. You'd very, appreciate very cool. super yep. cool. I'm on it's the all, platform. It's all guided guys. And so, uh, I'm there, uh, sort of, uh, you don't have to be a pilot. You can just be a passenger, sit back and actually breathe and you can get all the effects that, um, all these people are getting. Uh, it's really, really cool. Um, so check that out. And then when we open up our studio, get your butts into the studio, come find your people, man. Okay. Your people, I've got you. Okay. You can be part of this crap with us, build it, you know? And so I really, I really do want everyone to try this stuff, whether it's with my, our breath work or any other breath work, you guys, breath work is a major movement. We are going in such a cool direction. And so I really want you guys to check out breath work. It's, it changed your life. So good. One breath at a time. Come on in. The water's cold. Come on <laughs> in, baby. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I love it. Tyler, thank you, brother. Much love. Excited for this next uh, chapter here. Thanks for having us on. Thank you, man. <laughs>